feeling the connection that I had with this man and feeling the love. And even it makes me cry thinking about it or talking about it. And I think just acknowledging the the depth and the the beauty of the relationship and then also the pain and grief that it's no longer here. What you're about to hear is an unscripted session with a psychic medium. Fleur had no contact with the participants prior to this meeting. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of the psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session. This is Moving Beyond the Podcast. My name is Fleur. And I am an intuition teacher, a psychic medium, and host of this podcast, Moving Beyond. Here, you have the opportunity to be a fly on my wall and listen in on an intimate reading in which I connect someone to their loved ones on the other side. You will hear stories of grief and tremendous loss, but you will also hear stories of loving connection and witness beautiful transformations. Thank you for listening with an open heart. I truly believe that we heal in community, and you're here. You are an important part of this one. Hi, I'm Kate Ekman. I'm excited to be on the podcast because I lost the love of my life. So any time I can connect with a medium, it really is a healing opportunity. And I think when we interact with someone like that, it enhances our unique gifts as well. Hey, Floor. Hey, Kate. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good to meet you. Hi. Are you in Portugal? I am. Yes. One of my favorite places. Oh, that makes me happy. Yes. And I want to live in Lisbon one day. One day. I'm coming over to see you. I love that. So have you ever had any kind of reading before? Any experience? I have, and I'm obsessed. And yeah, that's what Elizabeth said. You don't know anything about me or my story. And so I'm just extra excited. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here. So um, where I want to start first, and I think it's just like a gentle introduction here, is your maternal grandmother. So grandma on mom's side, and she's passed. You see that? And as she steps forward here, there's the acknowledgement of you getting to know her in life, you getting to have a moment of connection, like in the physical realm, you know, not that she's passed before your birth. Yes. There's a feeling of knowing her. Mom is with us. Mom's here. You yes. see, like mom's living and she talks about mom being here in the world. And I want to say your dad's here too. Yes. So mom, dad, just both in the living world. And it's your grandmother who steps in here. I also have this man who steps forward on my right-hand side who comes in on your generational line, is my feeling. It feels like a very, very quick passing, very sudden passing as he comes in. Um, But he comes in on your generational side of things. Because all of a sudden, your grandmother actually gets pushed. (laughs) We'll come back to her. Where she gets kind of pushed out. And it feels like this man really needs to step forward. Um. So as he comes in, I get this huge, like extroverted personality. Yes. I feel like I'm like really present here. (laughs) And, um, and he does come on again, like generational stands right beside you 
there's that feeling of same age category. This man feels to me like um, he comes in very, for what I feel, very partner oriented. Like this would be like romantic partnership. Yes. But he talks about you dating again or like going on dates or being with someone that's holding your heart. Yes. Do you see mm. that? Um, and then, because as this man comes forward, I feel like he sees himself as your partner, your romantic partner, but yet he pushes you out into the world being like, okay, it's time, time to date, time to get out there, time to allow your heart to open again, is my feeling. Yes. And as he steps forward, I do feel he is for, for very truly one of a kind, because I feel very extroverted, very <laughs> like funny, very much the sense of the two of you also having said to each other so many times, like this is true love. I know it feels so, so, so connected. Um, and this romantic partnership here that that is incredible. And I think how he wants to start the reading is just to verify for you, like, yes, this is soulmate material. This is the feeling I get, you know, this is soulmate material and he's not leaving at all, but you can have another partnership. You can have another person here in the world. It doesn't mean you would detach from him for whatever reason. This feels incredibly important for you to hear right off the bat because he's really pushing it for me almost as if like you are not letting yourself be loved by anyone else right now. Do you see that? Yes. He's a big man. Do you see this? I feel big shoulders. Like I'm not fat. I'm quite fit is my feeling, but I feel big belt. Like I have big shoulders. Do you understand that? Yes. I feel his passing is very abrupt, very sudden, very unexpected. That makes sense. But I just feel that when he's passing, you're not far away. Do you see this? Like you're close by or like, I feel like your presence is nearby. You're just not expecting him to pass. Correct. Yes. So it's like, when he passes, I don't feel like you are in a different location, but you're not expecting his passing. I feel here with this man that he really needs you to know you couldn't have changed his passing because I feel like there is the sense of, once again, I feel like he loses consciousness. I feel like you're not aware of it in that moment, but you're nearby. There's an unexpectedness to it. And then I feel that there's been this belief system for yourself of you should have done more, or you should have done things differently that he really wants to take away from you. Yes. Like there's a sense of like, you couldn't have changed this. You couldn't have altered this. You couldn't have made it go different. Just give me one moment. I'm going to really blend in here with him because I know he's really eager to come in. He talks about you doing work in front of cameras or that you are somehow in a media space, do you see? But you'd be in front of the camera, you see yes. this? I feel like a lot of this work has grown tremendously since his passing because um, he's seen it evolve after he passes, not before, is my sense. You understand that? Yes. Um Although I feel like you were already busy with it, but maybe there's been an increase in success or like quite an expansion is how he makes me feel. I want to say that he next brings me to this feeling of when he first 
meets you or when the two of you first meet together, I feel like the relationship moves very, very quickly. Like there's just this feeling of he knows right when he meets you and has would have told you this or there's very much the indication of like, I knew right away. Do you see that? And I feel like he um, is watching your success in the world and watching your growth and is incredibly proud. Like he keeps bringing up just this upwelling of pride and this real sense of being incredibly proud. There's something I keep hitting on here um, that I'm wanting him to gain some give some clarity on because I feel like there's an energetic pattern here of what I would usually consider to be some sort of addiction that shows up. Um, but I feel he's very secretive about it in life. Does that make sense to you? Like you wouldn't have actually known the extent, even though you are in partnership with him. Does that make sense? Yes. From, from his perspective, do you see in life? It's like, there's almost so much ADD happening. There's such an intensity to his thoughts and his ideas and just like his energy. Does that make sense to you? Yes. You were aware of it. Cause it keeps being like, there's something about it being hidden that I want to acknowledge. So are you saying you're aware of it now? Yes, um, maybe intuitively, but no materially. Okay. But yet when you say like there's addiction there, you're like, yes, I see that. Yes, but don't have proof. So maybe this is, or I feel it's a part of the conversation that needs to be acknowledged because you've been thinking that. Um, because I feel that he's got in life really intense energy and then deep dives into depression is my feeling. And I feel that there must have been moments as well where he is suicidal or you would have suspected him to be suicidal or would have known he's in a deep, deep depression. Do you see that? Yes. And I also feel like it leads to his passing is what he shows me here, this battle with depression. Do you understand that? Yes. And wants you to know there's no depression in spirit. He doesn't carry that with him to the other side. He's clear in mind because there's no bio chemical fluctuations going on for him. There's a steadiness. Um, but I feel that he's really someone who would have not presented in that way, not presented as a depressed person. I feel he's chipper and upbeat and extroverted and fun. And no one would have really suspected that. Do you see that? Yes. Um, but he does want you to know I'm well, I'm good. I'm stable. I'm all right. Um, I feel that he does bring me to this feeling of not wanting to be in the world or having very much this conflict in his own energy about, yeah, and, and suicidal thoughts. He does bring me to this. You understand this? Yes. And again, needs you to know, wasn't thinking clearly. And again, needs you to know you couldn't have changed it because there's a lot of him trying to hide this part of himself in life, not show you, and also not show the external world, almost like he's pretending it's not there. So I feel when he passes, and I do feel like there's a taking of my own life within this, there's the sense of everyone is surprised and no one knew that he needed help. Do you understand that? Yes. And he's wanting to take full responsibility also for even denying it to himself. I feel it's a, it's a denial. I feel very strongly it's a denial. Not wanting it to be true. So disassociating from it, but really struggling. And I think it causes a lot of, he also brings me now to a lot of issues in the relationship 
um, that prior to his passing, it just feels like you guys patch things up and then it pulls apart and then it patches things up and it pulls apart. And I just feel like you're, you would have felt like you're constantly on a roller coaster. Yes. With this, do you see? And him wanting now to explain to you that was depression. It's also some addiction aspects, but all of that was hidden. So you didn't know how to fix it or how to make it better because you don't know what's behind it. Do you see this? Yes. Um, needing to apologize, needing to accept responsibility, needing to say this to you. And also wanting you to know there's real love here. There's true love here. This is truly a soulmate in your lifetime. And I do feel that you would know that and resonate with that. Um, and while there's quite a roller coaster, he also acknowledges that the two of you kept coming back together because you kept really wanting to make it work, you know? Yes. Because there's like a deep appreciation of each other. Do you see since his passing, there's actually been an upsetting disconnect from his family? Do you see yes. this? Like you've really struggled with your connection there? Yes. Um, he just wants you to know he's standing by your side and also needs you to know that you should not take on their words, should not take on their points of view. There's a sense of them trying to just also find fault, find blame, find something that's untrue and not what happened. Do you see this? Yes. Hmm. Uh, he talks about you publishing a book. <laughs> you understand this? Yes. It's exciting. It won't be your only book, I feel. There's a sense of having written one and already working on another or a continuation. There will be more books. It's an ongoing experience. Yes. And while it's not the full scope of the work that you do, educating on depression, education on suicide is part of it. Do you see yeah. that? It's not the full scope, but I do see it coming into play. Yes. And he wants you to know anytime you speak, anytime you speak in front of crowds, I think he will do this. Anytime you speak in front of groups of people, he's right there to help make sure the message gets to the right people who need to hear it, who need to be influenced by it. I feel very important. He's part of that work. And I feel like you have asked him to be part of the work. Yes. Too. In part with the conflict with his family, he talks about him having expressed how he wants to be laid to rest. And then it feels different to what his family decided, or it feels like it's in conflict with what you would have wanted for him. Do you see this? Yes. He's just wanting you to know it's okay. It's just a physical body. He's all right with it. He can't be changed. But I feel for some time you felt like you really had to speak up for his wants as to the choices around his physical form. Do you see that? Yes. It appreciates that, appreciates you having and giving a voice to his voice. But I also feel at this point, there's nothing to be done. And he's like, it's okay. It's just a physical form. I feel such love for you. And yet he keeps bringing up the sense of you being ready to date, ready to get out there, ready to go. He's like <laughs> really emphasizing it. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, like, it's it's time. That's my feeling. Well, then send me somebody. <laughs> I feel that you making a residential move is a big part of that. 
an opening, a letting go, a releasing of the past feels very important. Um, and to see it as a new start, a way forward. But I feel like it's a very clean slate, very clean start. Do you see? Yes. Like having removed pretty much everything and starting afresh, starting anew. And he's very much encouraging that. Very much encouraging that. I don't think it's you, but um, do you see there was some sort of sports tribute done for him? Like I keep seeing jerseys. Mm, yes. And him wanting to say, but I don't think you organized that or you created it with somebody else. Right. This. Yeah. We'll ask him some questions right now. Um, where is this? Where is this guy? I'm, I'm ready. I'm almost there. Where is this guy? You told me you'd send me someone. Yeah. What else can I do? It feels like be open to different. So not someone who's like him, <laughs> but different, like very different. It won't be a carbon copy. I don't feel like it's going to be someone whose personality is even very similar. It will be a new person that fits this version of you. And I feel way more stable, actually, than he was. Yeah. Which is what you're wanting, too, you know? He's, he's really recognizing you don't want him 2.0. No. <laughs> he's like, I'm great, but she needs different. And she needs to be open to different. Yes. Because this, this is a roller coaster. Beautiful soulmate relationship, but a roller coaster. Yeah. So this person's coming soon. He's in California. Yeah. Or, or you'll meet there. I think the move really opens you up, you know, because there's a sense of, okay, new place, new intentions, and then just allowing it to unfold, recognizing that it's really almost as if you're dating a new without a blueprint of who it's going to be based on the past. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm ready for a total fresh start. Yeah, yeah. In a sense of really being open to that, like the different type of man. And I think I'll know right away, yes? Depends on how um, open your heart is at that point. I feel like it's open. I guess I have some more, more work to do. It's more of perhaps working on the trust of yourself, landing in your body, feeling grounded in yourself, and then you're very close. Yeah. I think it's quite funny because I think you must be asking him for a partner all the time. And that's why in this reading, he's like, I am working on it. <laughs> that's my feeling. I mean, I'm like, he keeps bringing it up almost like he's like, let her know I'm working. I'm still, I'm working on it. Like I'm, I'm doing the thing. Like I, I know she keeps, <laughs> that's my feeling. Yeah. It's been years, <laughs> years. Like, I'm working on it. Oh um, <laughs> but he is. He is. And this partner is coming. And I, I really feel this to be very, 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 very true. Thank you. What does he think of the man that I work with and for? In terms of dating wise or just in terms of working? Because I don't feel like it's a, okay, good. I was like, mm, I don't feel like that's where that's no. supposed to go. Oh. Um, I don't feel like you would need this person in order to be successful good person to have along for the ride, not required to be the success that you want to be. Yes. So that's, so this job is 
Yeah, it's not forever. No, no, definitely. How not. long do you see me here, or does he see me here? It's up to you. It's free will. Um, you know, these things is more psychic than faded. I think, uh, in terms of um, dependent on your own energy cycles, but through this work, you're going to meet a lot of people. Yes, thank you a for coming that. A lot of people. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. And you'll know when you get off the ride, because it's going to be a, it's going to be a ride. I feel, you know, it's going to be like pretty influencer heavy. I don't want to even say celeb heavy because I doesn't feel to be celeb heavy. It feels like the people behind the celebs. You're so good. Um, and I feel really, truly remembering that you have a voice and remembering your why like why you do things, why you are in the world, why you share, keeping that at the cornerstone. If it needs to be abandoned from time to time in search of another job, not if it needs to be abandoned in time, of time at times because someone's asking you to do something, but you can't abandon it too many times. How do you yeah. think the launch, how do you think the launch will go next month? That feels good. I mean, they've got a lot of like star power around them. So just keep going with it for now. Keep working on my Kate Ekman brand and the speaking and the writing and the suicide prevention and mental health and spiritual fitness. And I've worked so hard. I don't, you know, I need to keep giving energy to that. Absolutely. And I think that's a big part of this is, is don't abandon that. This is okay for now, but don't abandon that. Yeah. 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 Like I feel your voice is needed. Remembering your why, holding on to that. And knowing you don't need this person in order to get your message out further. Um, any other questions for him? That makes you really happy and that Sam's doing well. I mean, you saw me, I was just sobbing, but it just is another layer of healing. Um, yeah. I know. And even while I have you, I'm like, oh, there's so many questions, but, and I know we've done so much, but um, I guess what is, what is, and I almost just, am I allowed to say his name? <laughs> who we've been talking to yeah that's fine yeah, so sam i, um, I was just gonna say wonder i was just gonna say what advice does sam have for me because i'm doing well but yeah i've been been in a tornado and there's just a lot going on so i'd love just some wise advice i really i really really feel like it's one step at a time it is you are on the right track allowing this time to really ground you settle you get you clear I don't think you're doing anything wrong. And in terms of life advice, I just, I really feel like you're exactly where you need to be and to breathe into that and to trust it and to trust yourself. Uh, this feels very important. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you're headed the wrong way at all. You know, looks like yeah. things are yeah. good. Yeah. Just this is, this is so great. Just, it makes me miss him and then get mm -hmm. sad. Yes. And it feels like he'd like to offer support and remind you that you're not alone, not doing this alone. I feel that. Yeah. It feels really good. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for letting me connect with him. Thank you so much. I know it's, it's, and I just was cracking up, like pushing my grandma out. That's so him. And <laughs> <laughs> he loves this. He loves this and he loves people like you. And it's just so grateful because you see how much he wants to be up in the mix. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. yeah hilarious. Really does. Thank you. I appreciate the work you're doing. So keep it up.
Thank you. Have we a great will, day. Yes, absolutely. We will connect again in a few weeks' time. And I really can't wait to chat with you also about your work in the space of suicide and prevention. I think it'll be a really interesting discussion. So I absolutely. look forward to that. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. <laughs> Do you feel like you're stumbling around a little bit on your spiritual journey? Well, one thing that can help you find purpose and direction is knowing your archetype. Archetype are universal patterns of purpose and behavior that once you discover yours are really going to help you find your place in the world and your purpose in the world. I've created a very fun, very quick quiz to help you find yours, and you can find it in the show notes or at mediumfleurfleur.com. Finding your archetype will help you find direction, and we've even offered you some resources to find that next steady step on your spiritual journey. Go online today and find your archetype and your direction on your spiritual path. Before we get back to our show, I want to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is an amazing way to help support the show, but also it's going to give you a sneak peek into something we've never offered before. You can find pictures, videos, little memorabilia between the client, the person that I'm connecting with, and their loved one on the other side. These photos are often the ones that I get after sessions, but I'm wanting to share them with you because I see them as a love letter and just a beautiful way of honoring those who have passed. If you are at all curious, if you want to see them, if you want to honor them too, please check out our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes and you can help support the show. Thank you for being here and enjoy the rest of today's podcast. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to connect with you again. Yeah, me too. Thanks for being here. We've had our reading a few weeks ago, and then now we're doing our follow-up. And I always just want to start off with asking, one, how you've been, how you're doing. Um, Yeah, how are you today? I'm good. You know, I feel like I've been, I feel good today, but it's, I feel like I've been going through a lot recently and still trying to settle into a new home and new job and and new life. And I was very emotional on our our last call and um, moving through some things. And um, yeah, it brought it brought a lot of stuff up, but I think in a good way. And it just shows me how much healing that I still need to do. And I think that we all need to do. Um, There's no end end to it. It's an, an ongoing journey and process. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your story. You picked up on a lot of it. And I I think, um, you know, I lost two loved ones to suicide. um, And Sam, he's very um, extra and has a big, bold personality, as you picked up on. And so he kind of always plows everybody out of the way and takes center stage, which they're fine with. They, they're the inspiration behind my book, The Full Spirit Workout. So I'm an author and, and speak about it and do a lot of work in the suicide prevention and awareness space. And also just talking about mental health and what I call inner fitness, which is building strong mental, emotional, spiritual muscles. We had particularly somebody come in who you'd been in a romantic partnership with. Yes. And is that Sam? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And so your relationship 
uh, in my my remembering again and the feeling that I had is that it'd been quite a long time since he's passed, but he really did feel like love of your life or like somebody really, really connected. Is is that how you would describe him? Yeah, absolutely. Feels like the love of my life. I think even some of the things you said about Sam, it just kind of confirmed a lot of the feelings, which mm -hmm. was good. And then you also spoke about addiction and you're like, you knew, and that it's like, I knew, but I didn't. And so there was just, that was interesting. I, I want to ask you as well, like, what was there a moment where you're like, ah, oh, yes, Sam. I mean, everything, especially him. Cause I think my grandmother was trying to talk and then it was, and I just laughed cause I knew it was him. And again, you don't know me. You don't know. You, it was, that's why I'm just fascinated by the work that you do because I'm like, wait, do, do you know me? Do you know my story? Do we know each other? And we don't. So that's what's, and I just laugh because you and Sam are nothing alike. And that's what makes me laugh too, because, but when he just kind of came in and then I think even you, you were quite serious and focusing, but also then kind of laughing because he's such a jokester, <laughs> like this energy. I'm like, yes, he's very intense. And um, so, so pretty much all of it. Yeah. yeah. I would love to chat a little bit more about your work around suicide because you, you speak about one Sam passing, and then it sounds like you've just had a lot of experience with people who have passed of suicide, which I would say maybe from a cultural perspective, we think that's unusual. But then, of course, I'm sure in your work now and in my work, I find that it's it's not that unusual. Uh, I would say most everybody knows somebody who's been impacted by it, but it's not something we talk about a lot about. Was it after Sam's passing that you were like, okay, I want to, I want to educate or I, I want to heal myself from this or did it take many years before you realized that you had to heal from it it sounds like you were still quite young at the time Sam was October 2015 so it was just on another level of pain and grief and confusion and heartache and yeah I had a huge healing journey to go through and really was committed to it um, because it brought up so many things in me that you know it makes you not want to be here at times. And I think a lot of people yeah. who've experienced that or a sudden loss of a loved one, especially someone very significant, they don't want to be here either. I mean, it's just, it is tragic mm -hmm. and it does, it changes your brain. I think the trauma changes your brain. I'm not a doctor, but that's been my experience. And so I had to really look at the way I was choosing to live my life, who, especially like Sam, placed so much in the externals and what other people thought. And mm -hmm. that's our culture too. You have to achieve and perform and get all the accomplishments and do all the things. And I'm like, but that doesn't work because you get the shiny object, you achieve a goal, you get the house, the object, and you're really happy for 15 or 20 minutes. And then it's on to the next yeah. thing, the next thing, and the next thing. And I was certainly guilty of that. And, and a part of me was scared I was going to end up like them. And it really shook mm. me to my core. And so that's when I went back to school and I, I, I studied with a lot of great spiritual teachers and healers. And I got my master's degree in executive and organizational coaching, which you go through a lot of neuroscience and positive psychology yeah. and whole person coaching techniques. Mm -hmm. So be the best healer, coach, anything, you have to first do the work on yourself. And that's how the book came about, but it's, it's still a journey. Yeah. Because it sounds like you had done the healing and I know from my own experience and from watching clients go through it, healing really is cyclical, right? It's like you get on that space of having done all the work. You're like, Ooh, page turned moving on. And then something shows you that there's still 
more, more to process, more to grieve, more to move through. I think it just never, unfortunately, has a definitive end, right? Um, which is also the beauty of it because it continuously informs and you've done so much work. Um, what do you feel like it was in this last reading when you say, oh gosh, I was so surprised, like here I am feeling all this grief again, which totally normal. But what do you think it was about that connection? What do you feel was happening in that moment? I think it's just the someone from the outside just feeling the connection that I had with this man and feeling the love. And even it makes me cry thinking about it or talking about it. Um, and I think just acknowledging the the depth and the the beauty of the relationship and then also the pain and grief that it's no longer here. And he was just that love, that instant soulmate, the only time I've ever experienced that love at first sight, not even because of what he looked at, but energy. So he even taught me about energy and it's just like, whoa, what is this? Mm -hmm. And I thank him for that. And, and that you can, I think oftentimes people that married, you know, I look at most married couples and I've even had married couples or serious relationship couples say to me, we don't have what, what you and mm -hmm. Sam had. And just that feeling and that energy. And I feel that. And I think that's why I'm holding out for, I know what it's like to feel that. And I either want that or nothing. And I know that it's going to come again. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I laughed too. That, that was where he was saying yeah. to you, you're like, he's saying it over and over about sending you someone or if, I don't know, it's making me laugh. <laughs> It's always a funny thing for me where it almost is a compulsion. I'm like, we've said it. Like, I, don't, I need to move on. If I'd only said it once, you might have left the reading and not even really thought about that part. You'd be like, oh yeah, lovely. She said I'd meet somebody else. But in this case, it was kind of almost the, the takeaway, I would say. Like and that notion of having to trust the timing. And I'm like, okay, but hurry up. Or like, it's been long enough. Or yeah, I, I feel like you've forgotten about me. What's up? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely not that that man is front and center and like by your side. So well, I mean, he say. is, but I'm like forgotten about I'm like, you need to send me someone here because we're so connected again, almost more so in the afterlife, because all of yeah. the ego and all of that stuff is stripped away. And it's just love and compassion. And so you have mm -hmm. these beautiful relationships, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, which is incredible. But I'm like, can you please send me someone here who's alive so I can experience that? And I'm, and let's yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that because you like okay, you feel him. There's no ego. There's beauty. What does that look like for you? And did that start right away, or was that a process of finding him? It started right away, and I felt him. I felt all of them around right after. It's something I've wanted to cultivate and and stick with, and that's why I love connecting with people like yourself to really help me with the message, receiving it, but also I feel like help me bring out my own gifts and absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really special, but, and I think that's why I get emotional too, because I can just feel him and he loves, he loves when I do stuff like this and he loves when we talk about him and he's, you know, up in the mix doing his, I'm like, hello. Um, so he does, he, yeah. he loves it. And he's like, oh yeah, I love her. Like he's really, he really likes you. And so it makes me happy, but also sad. Of course. And two things can be true at once. Yeah. Yeah. Two things can be true at once. And so with your suicide prevention work, what does that look like? Do you educate people who are suicidal or do you educate the family members 
or are you educating people who have lived through suicide and or the experience of, of having a loved one pass through suicide and how to move forward? What what does your work look like? I think I'm the face of um, you know, someone who has been deeply affected by suicide. Not my own. I I, I speak very openly about my own darkest moments. And it was six weeks after Sam passed away and I was in a place of such grief. And so I think by me just sharing so vulnerably and openly, it gives other people permission to feel their feelings or maybe acknowledge. And, and once I do it, the people are like, yeah, I had a moment where I thought about ending things or these talking about their dark thoughts and normalizing it more and that there's nothing wrong with it. And then it's kind of like, okay, now what are we going to do about it? And, and giving people the tools and the support and resources and knowing that it's a consistent practice and, but that you're not alone. And so I think the more that we can normalize the full spectrum of human emotion and feelings and that sometimes everything that is right and healthy about you is sadness, is anger, is grief. That means you're healthy. That means you're human. And to embrace that more than try to deny it or resist it. But for me, it is just more of openly sharing. I let, you know, the health professionals, doctors deal with the, the other things that you mentioned, I don't feel like that's my place yeah. or space, but you know, it, it would be easy because I do a lot of speaking and writing and I always think, wow, who, who wants to grow up and be like, I want to be a suicide prevention awareness activist, nobody, but for me, it's a life assignment and I've taken it on. It's, it's hard work. It, it makes me cry a lot. It's heartbreaking, but I'm just, I'm committed to it. And I know that this happened to me because I'm the person to do it. And that's why I do like the constant training with speaking so I can be an even better speaker so I can have an even greater impact and not stop talking about it. And those are the messages I get. Don't stop talking about this because I'm so busy with other jobs and projects, but it's like, don't stop talking about it. It'd be really easy to stop talking about it. It's really, really painful, mm -hmm. but I'm called to do the work and, and bring awareness and, um, I always hear, oh, I never thought someone like you would experience something mm -hmm. like that. And that just is for me a reminder, whatever the heck that means, but to keep talking about it. Absolutely. I think it's so true. The number of times I've done readings for people that are like, well, it, one, it will come up in a life reading, a psychic reading about they themselves not really wanting to be in the body, or it is somebody who's lost someone to suicide. And often it's like, well, they they just don't seem like the person, right? Or we have this idea of what happy looks like and what sad looks like and depression or the reasons why someone would choose to end their life aren't written on somebody's face. And so I think so much of it is just what you said, is normalizing it, is making it also a normal part of the human experience, normal emotion to go through at times. Um, yeah, I think all of what you said. So thank you for doing the work. Yeah. Thank you for doing your work. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. It's very healing and 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 fun and interesting and enlightening. And people are yeah. so familiar with celebrities, whether it's Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, Robin Williams. I mean, the list goes on and on. And it also proves my point that nothing outside of us can bring us happiness or determine our worth. Because as you look at people who literally had everything, and in my case, two, these two men, cream of the crop, so yeah. beloved, like gorgeous, intelligent, successful, it, it doesn't matter. And so spending the time to really care mm. for our mental and emotional and spiritual well-being and make that a priority and a, and a practice and knowing that our joy and our peace comes from connections like this, 
mostly things that don't cost any money, you know, walks in nature. And I think a lot of people pay lip service yeah. to it, but then are still, like you said, the striving and the constant hamster wheel chasing success or chasing whatever. Um, for me, when I teach intuition and when I started working on my own intuition, really, I have that insight of when there's not enough internal input, like when there's not a, enough time to foster the spirit within you and there's too much time externally outputting could be like the most joyful work. But you, if you're like output, 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 external, 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 if you're not inputting, um, you're going to get burned out. You're going to lose your ground. You're going to feel like totally lost. You're going to look for it other places. You can't find it. You spin out even more. I mean, that's just like everyone's been through that. And it's so hard in those moments to be like, wait, 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 where's my input, right? You almost yep. have to do it prior. And what is input and what does that look like? And what does it feel like? And where are you getting it? And are you setting, are you putting that in your Google calendar to, to, to put that in? And cause I've been in a place of burnout recently and then it's, it's having to check myself and do my own full spirit workouts and, and being okay with letting people down or disappointing other people or saying no and not being the star performer for a day or whatever. And I, I look to athletics where it's always the stars of the team, but you know, they're human. They have an off game. So it's like, who else is going to step up? And I think, I feel like you're this way too, you know, we're givers. And a lot of people, you reach a certain level of success too. And people want to pick your brain and they want your time and your energy. And, and I love to help people, but then at what cost? And I think I've reached a point where I need some givers and, and we like the takers like, <laughs> yeah. have to kind of sit in the back seat for a bit. And I'm want to ride shotgun with a giver and, and have that be an equal exchange. I think it's good to, to note your relationships and are, are they equal partnerships or are you giving so much of the output? Well, and I would, I would say the, the additional aspect to that as a giver is then learning how to receive it. Right. <sighs> That's a practice. It's <laughs> so easy, but so challenging, I think, especially for women. And these are the things that I've had, that we, I'm still moving through. And I don't, I think the best teachers, the wisest teachers are the ones that don't think they have it all figured out. <laughs> right. For sure. Some days <laughs> yeah. I, I'm at a 10 and other days I'm at a two and both yeah. are fine. It's, it's part of it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you uh, preaching to the choir on the giving and the receiving. <laughs> like, right? I'm like, yes, all of that. Check, check, check. I'm working on this too. It's this sense of learning how to receive and to allow yourself every once in a while to just, again, like not have to be the person who's giving. Because I think sometimes that can be quite addictive too, to be honest. I know that's like a bit of a shadow conversation, but I think I've certainly seen that in myself where you're like, the way to like, um, to help and to feel good and to be worthy and the da da da, right? And it's like, oh, but can you receive? And that sometimes is actually the harder thing. I think it's, it all comes back to self-awareness and realizing like, wow, I'm feeling really burned out. I'm going to take some time off, even if this person doesn't like it or they don't think I'm working hard enough or performing at a high level and being okay with, I don't care. Oh, I'm talking about the voice that says, let's, let's take this. We need to take today off and, and regroup yeah. and, recenter and recalibrate so that we can come back tomorrow and in the coming days and weeks and be stronger and, and more of ourselves and more present. Mm, I love that. I, yeah, I, it's an, it's a great conversation. Um, 
and just to reflect back, you know, I think a lot of people are going through burnout right now, it being like a slight post-pandemic. I know I personally certainly have been. I think yeah. you look at sleep. Sleep to me is a spiritual practice. Sleep to me is boosting your immune system. And you have to look at that meditating, sitting here for an hour and staring out the window and processing the conversation. My story recently is like, there's too much going on. I'm so tired. I, I'm overwhelmed. And all of that could have been true. So I and think you, and you, yeah, absolutely. It's all of that. You, you touched a little bit about this. You called it a spirit workout. Is that what you called it? Yeah. Yeah. It, what does that look like? And how can people apply it? Something of take away something if somebody's like, I identify with all of this, I am burned out, I'm looking for external outs, I am not surviving, or I'm barely surviving, or I'm just tired. Um, at a any point in that cycle, is there something they can do? Is there some kind of like take home? So a, a spiritual workout is the opposite of grinding it out in the gym or in the world. It's the counterintuitive stillness and taking time to breathe and sit quietly in a room alone, which is very uncomfortable for a lot of people, but speaks to the reason we need it so much. So it's taking that pause while wow, I'm feeling really burned out. I'm feeling really irritable. I'm going to take 20 minutes or I'm going to take a pause before I respond to the upsetting text or email and say something that could jeopardize this relationship forever. We've all been there. Hello, I have not taken the pause. And you're in this explosive war of words with someone usually that you love very much. Um, it's it's taking the pause before you tell the jerk that they're really being a jerk and, and asking yourself, okay, why am I so triggered right now? And what practice to kind of embody is what I call my sit and stare practice, but really be intentional with this practice. Instead of just staring out the window, it's checking in with yourself, like you're a small child and asking, how are you doing? Five minutes a day, do your sit and stare practice. Feel free to journal, get more practice at listening to that divine voice that is loving and always on your side and gives really great advice as opposed to the ego whose job is to bring us down and literally dies when we have self-confidence and, and we, we like ourselves. Oh, I love that. The sit and stare. I really like that because I get a lot of students who are like, Oh, I can't meditate or what should it kind of meditation should I do? Should it be guided? Should it be walking? Should it be ecstatic meditation? Should it be like, you know, there's a million of them. You can choose your breathing style you can choose your movement style you can sit the way that you want to sit whatever it is but i really feel like we're just trying with meditation to get the nervous system to release that's it whatever way you get there and it can be so easy you could just sit down stare at a wall if that's your way that's your way right if that's your way in yeah maybe that's what you do first and then you do a meditation if you feels right or maybe that's all you do so i really like it because i think it really simplifies the practice and it boils it down to what meditation really is versus, I don't know, what everybody thinks it should be. Thank you for sharing it because I know that somebody's going to go and just- Now I want to do it. Like, it. Up, I was like, <laughs> want to jump on the next thing, but I'm like, no, I'm going to do my five minutes of sit and stare. And I'm curious to hear what's going to come through. To now ask is, what would your advice or direction or recommendation be to people who- feel psychic or would like to be more psychic, how we can bring out our psychic intuitive gift. Yeah. Well, we've talked about a little already, and I think you're already doing the work, which is how do you release the nervous system? How do you make space? I don't think intuition can exist. Psychic work can exist when there is no space. 
if you are going, 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 going. Sometimes there's like an overflow and it might come through through dreams. But if you're getting the information through dreams, it's already an indication that there's not enough space during the day. Mm-hmm. And so I do often feel like that's step number one. Um, I also feel like embodiment, super important. Like, can you get into your body and can you know where the feelings are originating? Because you'll find that anxiety, fear, overwhelm, imagination even, wishful thinking, all hold emotions in various parts of your body and they are in repetition. So for you, anxiety, while it might not be the way it presents for someone else, will often present in a similar manner, in a similar way, in a similar emotion, in a similar part of the body. It's going to look very different from your intuition. So that is one of the things that when I work with my mentorship students, when we do this four-week journey with them, the first week is that. It's like, what does anxiety look like in your body? What does intuition look like? What does imagination look like? What does imagination in a wishful thinking or like a projecting look like? And then can we make enough space for you to start really embodying that so that you recognize in your body so that when it's happening, whether it is the anxiety or whether it is the intuition, you know that it's happening. I think this whole slowing down thing allows you to see it in real time versus having an intuitive moment, having a psychic moment, and then taking, um, not taking it into account, but only recognizing it in the rear view mirror. Right. Like, oh, I knew that part of me knew that. And it's you didn't do anything with it in the moment because you were moving too fast. I love that. I hear that all the time. My mentor said said that to me. Um, She used to say all the mistakes I've made were when I was moving too fast. And even recently, I haven't felt connected as deeply a lot of the time. And it's because it's been moving so fast. And I've had just a lot of life things going on, Mm -hmm. um, moving, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I even I thank you for that. And even I'm taking it in because I've been feeling it. And then it's allowing yourself to do it where I'm like, you need to slow down. Like, can I all this work to this huge public launch, la la la. But then it's creating more space for that because I need to hear. But yeah, I I would say that's the foundation, you know, how to hone the intuition starts there. And then we build and we identify what you want to be intuitive about and how you want to be intuitive about it and what your dictionary is and what the belief systems are that are getting in your way and all that stuff that I teach. But I would still say the thing that students come back to most often, the thing I come back to no no matter where I am in my journey is still that primary first building block because nothing can exist without it. If there's no space to receive, it doesn't matter how good you are at receiving. It doesn't matter how finely tuned your definition and your dictionary and your translation abilities are of energy into thought, energy into knowledge. If there is no space to receive, you will receive none of it. And so that's the foundation. And I know that, but I still want to write it down. But that's a great soundbite too. If there's no (laughs) space to receive it, you won't receive it. Yeah, it's all about finding the balance. Yeah, I love that. Well, this is a pleasure. Thank this you is so great. Much. I know I want to talk oh, to you wisdom. forever, but this is this is good because now I feel, um, and then I just even heard spirits like, you don't know, you don't see, I'm very excessive. You don't need to talk forever. You got it. Now have a little quiet time and, and integrate. See? We'll, we'll both go stare at the wall and it'll be good, <laughs> but we'll do it individually. And we'll just know that 
we're really doing it together. Yeah, I, I like love that. that. This has been so fun. Thank you so much. Yes, Thank you, you as for well. all the work Thank that you. you're doing and sharing your gifts with the world in, in such a profound, meaningful way. It's it's really, really beautiful. You as well. You as well. I am definitely going to share um, and people will be able to hear the links to your work. But if you could just also share it right now so that people know where to find you. Uh, absolutely. So you can go to kateekman.tv, K-A-T-E, eckman.tv or the full spirit Amazing. Thanks so much, Kate, for your time and for your work. And I'm sure our paths will cross at some point. Thank you for having me, giving you a big hug. Yes, you as well. Take Have care. A great Bye. Day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond the Podcast. We would like to thank everyone who has shared their loved ones, their stories, and their heartbreak with us, making this podcast possible. If you haven't yet left us a rating or a review, we would greatly appreciate it as it helps others find the show. Moving Beyond is an independent podcast produced by Fleurless Inc. and Elizabeth Mihalich, with additional support from the team at 2020 Intuition, including Lotta, Teresa, Min, and Jill. Original music composed and produced by Lucas Tuttle. To learn more about Medium Fleur and her book, Moving Beyond, that teaches you how to access your intuition, psychic ability, and spirit connection, please visit www.mediumfleur.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to be on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send Elizabeth a short email detailing the loss that you've experienced and how grief affects your daily life to podcasts at mediumfleur.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at mediumfleur.com. If you'd like to know more about the guest and the loved ones who appeared in this episode of Moving Beyond or how we create the podcast Moving Beyond, please visit our community at patreon.com. Simply search for Medium Fleur, M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R. We'll see you there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.